0: What up like listeners, welcome to the show, episode 40, um, another show with myself, Ben and Josh, where we will shine a light on the news from the past week and give you our, our kind of views and opinions and, and insights to, to save you going through and trawling through the uh, the mire that is the mainstream media nowadays. So, let's get into it, where should we start?
1: We'll start off with the, with the news that broke at the beginning of the week, so um, it came about the night we had re-signed Colin Cabinet. Oh uh, yes, news of the week. So, um, so Cal was already signed to Nike, um, previously on a, on an old deal. But Nike, as, as, he, Nike, knowing that and um, he was in demand, gave him an improved contract. They released a, a advert with him. Um, for, for all t- intents purposes, it seems that like Nike's won. Um, Nike and Capernaum have won because. Kaepernick has definitely won because he's got his online. So, so the not break down the deal. So the deals he's got to improve. He's got improve. So I, I
0: think when you're breaking down the deal as well, what? just make sure you reference it. I think share the like because I think you shared this in one of our groups. Just to be clear, he already he, his contract was already there. It's yeah. already been running yeah. ever since he stopped playing in the NFL. Yeah. That contract has continually been there. So yeah. it's not like they reached out for him. No. And I think. I was listening to a podcast where they... um, I can't remember which one it was. They interviewed his agent who negotiated the deal. Okay. Um, I think Adidas... uh, Adidas. 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 It was an American podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I think Adidas... And I think they mentioned Under Armour were in there as well. But they never... It wasn't really realistic, especially when he was already with Nike anyway, right? Yeah.
1: So then um, he's got got an improved deal. He's going to get his own line of um, trainers in a line of clothing. Which is quite impressive, because the Nike don't always do that for... for
0: Considering he doesn't play in the NFL
1: anymore, yeah, either. <laughs> it's not, but it hasn't come without controversy. So a lot of the um, anti... I do call it, anti neil or, or anti, anti-protesting... Well, yeah, it's more pro, pro-Trump, pro pro-Americans. Yeah, pro-Americans. They've been quite annoyed with uh, Nike re-signing him, and some idiots have, have tried to burn their Nike memorabilia and their clothes and their trainers and stuff. What I find really funny, for Nike, is a no-lose situation, because the Nike... Supply the NFL with NFL jersey. So, in in, in, unlike in England where we have the Premier League and and teams have different sponsors, with with the NFL, all the like the NFL and NBA, all um, all the teams are under one sports manufacturer. So, so, um, Nike have a deal with the whole of the NFL, and they they supply the NFL with all their jerseys. So. People that are protesting the NFL who don't watch NFL can go and buy Kaepernick's clothes. And people who are pro-NFL will go and buy, go and buy NFL clothes anyway. So for Nike, it's a, a no situation. But for Colin Kaepernick, it's a, it's a win-win. So, 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 so it's really interesting, right? Because when they first released
0: this and people had the backlash within the first few hours, <clears throat> I think there was about a 3% dip in the, the Nike share price. Okay. And I thought to myself at the time, I'm not set up on enough trading platforms, but I thought this is the time of buying Nike, is it? Within the days of that, so their sales grew from Sunday night through to Tuesday, their sales grew by 31% yeah. because of this. Because what happened is you had some of these dumbos who were burning it. Who, and somebody made a good point, right? Instead of burning, I mean, somebody said, instead of burning, why don't you give it to charity? But that, they weren't burning to give their shoes away where they were trying to make it. So I, I think you posted a guy who actually ended up burning his own feet. Yeah. Right? what jackass there um, but that, they were way outnumbered by what I've seen as I think then, you know, this mainly hit kind of the millennial mm. generation who then just went out and rushed for this now to be honest I mean so the slogan behind this is believe in something even if it's sacrifice even if it means sacrifice and everything now let's just be clear Colin Kaepernick, it, I, I get, I get whatever he uses picture, and I get the, the background behind it. Let's be open. He has not sacrifice. He, he's come off this without a sacrifice, all right. <laughs> he now is out of the NFL, so he's, he's largely putting himself out. Because we all know, um, uh, what is the um, Jesus disappeared from my mind? What's their head injury? Uh, CT. So, CTE, It's a nearly every American football player gets that, right? Yeah. So, if you can make money outside of American football, then it's arguably better for you, right? Now, they won't go into the, the. I know they won't go into the. the the exact numbers when they interviewed his agent but he did say basically that he can live comfortably for for uh, for both him and his foundation so he's come off of a win-win there Um, he's got again a clothing line that is amazing for somebody who's no longer a sports star Um, it isn't completely the door shut that he could come back to the NFL he's he's currently suing them for collusion so everything here has come off perfectly for it um but I mean the whole because I mean it kind of stole from it because they had a few on these they had the uh Serena Serena Williams Williams one sure. as well which is coming off the back of the catsuit that she tried to yeah. wear a couple of weeks ago um which again I, I think sometimes there are people who easily took that out of context because the media didn't share the the background on this catsuits aren't allowed in in t- female, female tennis, tennis yeah. and I think what was it back in the nineteen seventies, nineteen seventy three rings a bell. I think it was mm-hmm. they had one star. Admit, in fairness, she was white and she wore an all white one. And she got she got told not to wear it again. I don't mm-hmm. think she got told you cannot wear it before the game mm-hmm. as Serena did. So you do need to still put it in context Concept, there. Yeah. And also, this was at the French Open, which I'm not I'm not saying this is legitimate, but the French and as far as tennis goes, have always been the ones who tends to come out not 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 all French, but tend to come out and have had racist comments. Who um, Who was the coach who came out and made a direct a arbitrary comment against her. It was a French
1: tennis player. Oh, my brain's gone blank.
0: Oh. I can't, because it was last year, and yeah. I kind of forgot about that. Um, so, so the whole new, I mean, Colin Kaepernick stole the show, and obviously everybody has used memes
1: for this throughout the week, some of which have been um, interesting and amusing. I might tie some ones particularly amusing. Which one was that? The I thinkest, and um, I can't remember what it's, can't remember. It's, it's, it's one with his lisp. So he's just <laughs> trying to say something, he's it's saying, it's saying a lisp. But yeah, so cabinet's come out, I think he's come out winning. Like you said, I think there's been an upturn. A lot of millennials have gone out and bought, bought Nike um, clothing. Um, Jim Kerry was on the Bill Maher show, and the first thing he did was put his feet up on the table and said, I went, and, went out and bought some new Nikes. <laughs> so <laughs> so um, I think, yeah, Nike's won in the cool brand.
0: Do you think, uh, the only problem with this, right, is I, we're still getting further and further away. So obviously this year, what uh, the NFL have said that they will find, any players who do it this year. Yeah, they've, aren't seen, they?
1: seen they've, outlawed, they've outlawed it.
0: Yeah, and, and, and we're still we're still kind of losing the reason for which he did this. I mean I, I know that he's now got funding for his foundation via Nike. Mm-hmm. It's just we do still need to remember that there was there was an ideological point behind this which was very, very valid, right? Yeah. And because of the media back back and forth with Trump, it's just it's just kind of got lost in it. I'd like to hope that that what Nike can reinvigorate here is that push well rather, rather than just a sales and a commercial drive for I'm Like I'm 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 easy with it, like it's I think it's an innovative way. And I think to be honest as well, I know it has paid off for him and for Nike, but it is still quite a brave. I I think it's a, a bold move by them. Yeah. Like, but but they have got a history of doing this. This is what Nike traditionally do. They will come up with ad campaigns which make bold statements which might in the first couple of hours get some initial backlash. And then over the next few days and weeks and months, you realise, oh and yes, a, keep diamond on. decision.
1: Those keep them on, they'll keep them on. Same way Adidas won with um, support and uh, um, Muhammad Ali, it's Muhammad Ali signed for Adidas for a lifelong contract. So um, in, so I think in the early 2000s, they had the Adidas, li- Muhammad Ali lines, they you know, the Adidas um, jackets where they had the Muhammad Ali um, gold jackets. So uh, it does pay off. Okay, moving on. It's been a quite a week this week in American politics. Um, at the moment, America's going through uh, what's it called? They're going through campaigning for the With local for the yeah. midterm elections, and and Obama's back out. Yeah, so Obama's back out supporting a lot of the candidates. What, what, what story do you want to go? Well, about?
0: It's, it's not necessarily. Oh, there's two. So it's not necessarily that he's supporting the other candidate. So he, he, he's pushing the drive for he, Americans to vote. Being, mm-hmm. uh, typically, because I think Trump does the same thing, right? They're all stuck on the same line. But there was an instance where so it, so when Obama came out, he mentioned specifically. Um, I need to find the the quote on. That. I thought I posted the story, but <clears throat> he did mention specifically. Trump by Mm -hmm. name, which he's always shied away from doing previously. I mean, he's been off, he's been off not being president, right? Taking advantage of his, his time away. Um, but he did, he was talking about, what was he, I need to remember the wording of it. The, hold on, there you go, that Trump is, is is not the cause of where we are in America right now. He's just a symptom of it. And again, that was, that was him. And then he he was very specific on targeting him for the Mm Charlottesville stuff last year and basically his position of, there were good people on both sides, and he, he, he rightly- You amazing ecosystem here. <laughs> Only on the American side. You go in, you can't go on the, the CNN politics without them playing some bloody ad. So, oh, sorry yeah. About that. Um, so him coming out and say, basically he said, look, how hard is it to just say that people are Nazis? Like, it's not difficult. Yeah. So that was what Obama came out and did. But more interesting was the op-ed released in the New York Times. So you see this this story that stuck up?
1: Oh, the one about the insider,
0: the fake the fake uh, ad campaign. Yeah, I think I, yeah. It's basically it's what it is, right? So, so basically, an, an op-ed. Can, there's, there's two components to this. There was an op-ed that came out or an essay, I think, in some position they put it um, basically just a New York Times editorial where it said that there was somebody in the administration had submitted this anonymously the New York Times knows yeah. who it is but they couldn't post their name on it who basically said yet yeah, there are people around um, Trump who don't believe in him some of them are wanting to invoke the 25th amendment he is in no way displayed any of the flaws from a mental or physical capacity point of view where you could even invoke the 25th amendment here. So I don't know why this has made its reappearance again. Um, There was reference to, there are some uh, papers that instead of allowing him to sign them, they make sure they take them out of the desk before he has a chance to sign them. Let's just be clear, if there was something that was due to be reviewed, you can't just steal it from a desk and it gets forgotten by the rest of the world, right? Yeah. Now, this coincided with, what's the gentleman's name who released his his book this week? Uh, have you got it? The uh, guy. Uh, Bob Woodard, oh, that's yeah. it. So he tends to do, release a book on, uh, on every presidency, and in this one, I, I can't remember the name of it, but it's, it's very, um, it's clearly going to be firing again at Donald Trump. Now that is being announced this week. And it's been, so is there a tie here? There is a new book coming out which is going to shine a light on the floors of Donald Trump and then an anonymous editorial pops up about problems in his White House. This for me, and I mean Donald Trump, I rarely agree with anything he says, but he came out and just put on Twitter, treason um mm-hmm. arguably if people are trying to take out administrative papers that of all the things mm-hmm. you could argue that is a bit of a treasonous act but to me this is a nonsense i don't think that there is any insider um i think it's uh completely fabricated by the new york times to help drive as part of a publicity campaign for Bob Woods book
1: but the thing is why don't really realize that every time they do this it may, it kind of Support it's. it's, it's, it's
0: I, I didn't get this this was yeah I, I, I think it's too easy to tie this to the Woodward book release and the fact that they're coming out and saying it's anonymous we know who it is, this person would have had to get the information to them somehow so arguably if people really wanted to it wouldn't be that hard to track it down mm-hmm. and the problem was is it's so stereotypical of all the charges that people have put at the, uh, the Trump White House. He needs adults around him to help him make the right decision. Uh, the 25th Amendment thing, rerunning its way back through again. It's all the common stuff wrapped up together anonymously. Mm. If this was independently released, I'd still be questioning it. But the fact that it's got coinciding with the release of a, a new book against this just made me think, New York Times, I think this is just a bit of an egregious attempt to... Tarnish him yet again, as just to drive sales up for the the new book release. Just seems, yeah, too coincidental for my liking.
1: Yeah, it's, I just think they're stupid. I think there's other ways to. I just think let let the Mueller let the investigation just play out. You don't you don't have to do all these these think pieces and these essays on Trump. Every time you do that, it just makes his base become more and more resilient against you and believe that you're more, there's a the campaign against me and, it, and, I can, and I can understand that. If I was Donald Trump, I'd be doing that same thing. There's a the campaign to get, get rid of me.
0: Well, he's uh, to be honest, I mean, the, the Mueller investigation for me is still not going to bring anything to light. I think where he's where his general concern is at the moment, and I think he mentioned it in one of his speeches um, for, uh, ahead of the midterm elections this time around is, if the Democrats manage to increase and take kind of a majority power of the House, he's kind of sharing with his voters. Go out and vote, because if the Democrats get in power of the House, then they're going to try and impeach me. Yeah,
1: they are.
0: Now, I'm still not sure that they've got a valid impeachment claim on him I still don't I'm still not sure they'll get that over the line they'll try but that will put them in a much better power and this kind of follows a month long now month six weeks of him starting to worry I think previously everybody goes at him but he's just fired back at him but you've just noticed nuances in his responses that suggest to me now he is actually a bit worried that the walls are closing in
1: but I want to are we in the second year of his his presidency come towards the end of the second year why in his weight I don't understand. Like, what? I was just, just win. If you like, win, win the midterms, win the midterms,
0: and then who goes against him?
1: And then get someone to go against.
0: Yeah, exactly. This is their problem. Yeah. the
1: biggest fear for them probably is that they don't get anybody new, and they bring back Hillary again. I don't get back, No, they won't bring back Hillary. You don't. Again. You never know. They'll bring back Bernie, but. Bernie's... Eight. Yeah, well, that that doesn't really help either. Yeah, I like, no. Bernie's on death's door. Yeah, yeah. uh, not quite, but <laughs> yeah, still. Yeah, was, <laughs> yeah, They were saying, because uh, there was the podcast I was talking about, and Trump, after it, you know like how presidents go around and doing all the touring and stuff, like, when he finishes being president, if he does two terms, he would be 80. he He'd be,
0: be... Yeah, but he's weird, right? I remember, I always hear this, I think it's on No Agenda, they always raise it up, like, the guy sleeps, like, four hours a day. Like, he's
1: got, I don't know, he's got something weird going on with him. I'll give it to him. He's got tiger blood. He's got tiger blood. He's got in the blood. Former US candidate Roy Moore is suing British comedian Sacha Baron Cohen for defamation um, due to his TV show. So, um, in Sacha Baron, in Baron Cohen's um, new TV show, TV series, Who is America? He acts, he pretends to be a Israeli anti-terrorism expert. And in one of the sketches, oh, it's sketchy, or interviews, um, he demonstrates a paedophile detector and he waves it near Mr. Arrere, near Roger Roy Moore, and it beeps off. So now, I don't understand how Americans can get famous for this. So um, 10 years ago, it's not like, it 10 years ago, it's like 15 years ago, he yeah, had Ali G, right? Ali G, he had the Ali G thing. And he interviewed, he interviewed famous um, politicians, British folk politicians. He interviewed Donald Trump as well, and people didn't realize it was satirical. He did the exact same thing with, um was the, the other guy, Borat, and he wouldn't realise it was Borat, it was, was Sasha, and he's done it again with... Well,
0: this one I don't get right, because he's basically said he travelled to, to Washington to appear on what he thought was an Israeli TV show in the belief that he was going to receive an award for his pro-Israel stance. Now... I'm pretty sure that you have to sign release on anything that goes out on air, right? So he would have known that this is is going out. I don't know if he, somebody. I just I can't believe that somebody was legitimately, maybe during the recording, but prior to the release of this, <clears throat> legitimately rocked up and did not know that this clearly wasn't some an award that he was going to be getting and clearly could have said at the time you're not, you're not putting this on TV you've just put a paedophile because it wasn't I haven't seen the clip of it but it couldn't have been look the way I'm reading it is he put it by him and, went and made it go beep, beep 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 as if it was going off yeah. right um, so I can't believe that I, I mean and for 75 the time, million it is for... so 95 million dollars they're trying to um, for damages this doesn't I'm sorry I feel like this is Roy Moore after having his reputation tarnished last year is now seeking out ways to try and get himself some money back for overall, yeah. and he's trying to see this as as using the weigh-in because. Even back in the day when people used to get interviewed by Borat, if we remember, right, that was when the Adi G show was on. Yeah. But unless you were in the UK and unless you were a certain generation, you didn't you would, you would knew who Addie G was, but you didn't really know like, any of his alter egos yeah. that went on. So he could get away with going around and doing these kind of fake interviews. Yeah. But now, Sacha Baron Cohen is not an unknown face. He's not. I mean, he is in the States as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he did
1: Borat. Yeah, yeah. He did yeah. Did so, Borat he, so he's, he he's on, done Borat. Yeah. He's,
0: he's got, and is he, is he still married to the same woman yeah he's still Fisher. Yeah, so she's famous as well so you see them on the the red carpet he rarely goes six months without being he's not in the news all the time no. but every six months or so he'll be in the news for something so his face is there like and Roy Moore would not have gone by himself he would yeah. have gone with somebody else there he done research, research done
1: done research there. they would have it. or they wouldn't let him go on there's
0: I don't no way that he's pulling this off and it just seems I don't even understand how they've got to the figure that they've got to 95 million what
1: he's, he's the thing is what Roy Moore he's a bit sick, sad. He filed a defamation lawsuit against women who made allegations against him. I've always found that I've 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 always been a bit uneasy about guys that go when women accuse them of something and they go and do a counter lawsuit against them. I'm always a bit hmm. if you're innocent, go to court, win, and then the the normally the people that lose have to pay your court fees. Roy Moore anyways he lost he's losing in life st- <laughs> all right so we're staying on um staying on international news this week in india um they finally um, passed a, a, a finally in the india supreme court they passed a law that makes that homosexuality is no longer an offense which is um which goes just go more in line with the w- how the world is progressing. So, in, uh, still in some countries, uh, homosexuality still seems seen um, as seen as legal. But in in India, they finally passed the law, which means homosexuality is no longer a an offence. Which means that people can be gay without fear of prosecution. Which is um, it's kind of
0: crazy that this even exists, still, like,
1: Yeah, right? yeah. There's still a lot of countries that still have a lot of um, anti-gay laws. Um, Kenya being one of them, Nigeria being and uh, Nigeria being one of them. Even in Russia, I don't think you're allowed to marry in Russia if you're gay. Yeah, well, um, Russia's a
0: spe- special instance. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so a lot of countries are still, they still have um, issues with homosexuality, but India's passed it. So that's a it's a positive news for the the, the LGBTQ community, I put it. There's too many of them. There's too many of them. You've done well to remember. I yeah, yeah, and
0: There's yeah. more than that. I don't think you captured them
1: all. Like no, that, there it? is um, <laughs> LGBTQ, and then there's something else after it. Q is for Querious. <laughs> is there binary in there now as well? Yeah, right? it's binary, yeah. Oh, I can't be bothered. <laughs> 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 all right, and then, all right, moving on to the um, Britain. So it has been a lot of news with Boris Johnson this week, right? So, we'll start off, we'll start off with... Um, so, he came out this morning with some other more news, so we'll, I'll, I'll, I don't know if you posted it in here, but we'll carry on with that. So, Boris Johnson has, has it's been confirmed that he's, have, he's um, getting divorced from his um, wife, uh, Marina Wheeler. Mar- do you know,
0: you know why I'll put this in for specifically from the Huff Post, though? Because um, the headline was, Least surprising news ever, Boris Johnson has another affair, confirms divorce. I'm thinking... I don't think it's least surprise,
1: and I'm rather surprised that he can get more than one <coughs> woman in his life. Let alone multiple. That's what I was thinking. So, um, so it's been stressing the news that he's had multiple affairs before, and this one, I think the latest one, was the final straw, and his wife decided to leave him. His daughter came out brandished him a selfish, is it, she called myself a bastard. I, um, I think so, a selfish bastard, and yeah, he so says he's getting divorced from his wife. Um, then he's come out and said this today that Tuesday um, May's Brexit plan is like a suicide vest. Yeah, I, I
0: saw this briefly this morning when I was going through the news, just in case there were any last-minute things in there, but I actually just couldn't be bothered to click in. I've got with rhetoric. Did you run through it?
1: No, I just looked at it. I just at the headline as well. Yeah, we have,
0: we have wrapped a suicide vest around British Constitution and handed the detonator to Michelle Barnier. Do, do you know what? I'm going to try and keep my language good this week, so I'm going to try not to swear. Fuck I've off. Just got to, you can do it, Paul. <laughs> just just go and do one, right? So so you've got a guy who can't keep his personal affairs in order. Yeah. You've got a guy who clearly can't influence decision-making within the government. That's why he left his position. Yeah, You've got a guy who was one for Brexit and pushing for it along with Nigel Farage. Fair enough. He didn't leave like Nigel is yeah. but clearly also did not have a plan for how we get out of this. No. And it's all well and good. What I love about it he, uh, well, is it, I use that ironically. What I love about him is that he comes out with all these reasons that the Brexit deal we put forward is bad, but he doesn't have a legitimate Brexit deal himself. I know. So get off your moral high horse, right? It's it's got beyond the point of I've I've lost patience with it now. You were uh, a guy who I still don't even understand how he's ever been in the positions he's been in from somebody who used to be on a satirical bloody news show yeah. as basically a bit of a jokey-like comedian guy. I mean, you ask people from other parts of the world, if you go to the States and ask them, what would you think... Anybody who's in the know the over there and says, oh, what would you think of Boris Johnson as prime minister? It well, would be laughed out. Yeah. Imagine a world where you have Boris Johnson as a prime minister and Donald Trump as the president of the free run. Vladimir Putin would wake up every day laughing to himself. Uh-huh. Like, I'm just... And, and somebody made a good point the other day, right? Since he left, he's just a backbencher. Yeah. So we keep referring to we keep because we, we don't refer to other backbenchers by their name or Mister Johnson or that. We give him some kind of additional credit because he used to have a role. Let's be clear, he left it. He's just a backbencher trying to speak a lot now. Uh, we, there's no reason. There's yeah. no reason to listen to him.
1: Yeah, it's no shame. All right. former Bank of England governor Law King has blasted brec- Brexit plans at. As incompetent, so um, I know you're not swearing, but I'm gonna say this: no shit, Sherlock. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 uh, he said the Brexit supporter said it is beggar believed that the world's sixth biggest economy would should be talking of stockpiling food and medicines.
0: But I mean the the position he's taking is, and he, he makes complete sense. Here. we haven't left ourselves with any bargaining chips here, yeah. and. Even, and, and actually, so there's, there's a lot of games at play here. So we haven't given ourselves any relevant bargaining chips going into the Brexit deal, right? The Chequers deal is no good for anybody either because the position it currently takes doesn't really pre- please the Remainers or the Brexiteers. And the Brexiteers are even more annoyed because they know that the EU will not agree to all of it, which means they'll have to make further concessions, which won't, again, help the Remainers or the Brexiteers. It will just further antagonise the Brexiteers. When I say the games at play, from Theresa May's point of view, she now has the position of being able to say... Because the rhetoric coming out of the EU this week is actually they're getting closer and closer to a deal, which I assume means knocking off some of the terms of the current agreement. It did say as well that... Once they got walked through the, the checkers' paper, that they understood it better. There were some components of it that apparently when they read it, they didn't quite get it. Yeah. Now, that was either by design or not. I'm not sure. Maybe it was just a pure, poorly written um, document. Suggesting to me that they, they may not be a million miles away, not, not right there, but a million miles away from reaching some form of agreement. So from Theresa May's point of view, she then gets to a point where actually she can go in to the government and say, well... Basically, this is what we've got to. You don't want to have a second ref- referendum, which they didn't ask for. She hasn't asked for it either, to be fair, but they're not endorsing one. Um, this is the deal that we've come up with. Take it or leave it. And then she puts the emphasis on the rest of the cabinet to say, well, we're the ones who sabotage Britain getting a deal for it. So, so there's many levels of games at play now as we reach the tick and time bomb, which is the end of March. Um, for me I still don't see how this is going to it doesn't so, uh, well it's always been the way. I, I still don't see how this is in any way in the interest of the
1: of any people. Anyone.
0: And even the problem is is when we say so so there's a referendum for the second vote for whether we live at all, there's a referendum for, well, there's a request for the public to get a vote on, on the, the final, final deal. Yeah. My problem with this is, is how is somebody between now and March, well, not even now and March, assuming that we get this over the line within, say, a week of the end of October, summer, how is anybody going to accurately articulate what this plan consists of to your general member of the public on the road? Okay. Because if, if the EU are having to be walked through it, then there's not, first off, there's not going to be that many people who read through the whole plan, right? Let, let alone understand exactly... How it impacts them so even the fine even a final vote for me it's it's a bit cosmetic a final vote deal is really not for what the contents of that plan is it's for do you want to still get brexit or do you not want to i still feel that that needs to happen from a constitutional point of view i still believe that is right only because as i've always gone back to there was such a small margin in the level of votes here and there has been such a, a yeah, and such a move from the original position that even the Brexiteers know. Well, actually, even though we wanted it, if it's not right, I think even Brexiteers are saying we would rather have a stable Britain than a Brexit by name one, which is detrimental for everybody.
1: That's what I'm. That's what, and that's think I agree with. I believe that I'll have a second vote if the Brexiteers, if the if the, if the win and they and they win with a landslide, go for full Brexit. Do not do this this light Brexit stuff because it, ha- it doesn't please anyone. It doesn't please the, the Brexiteers. It doesn't please the, the pro-Euro people. We, we we just get a shit deal we get in a worse position than we wanted to because we're trying to appease all sides. Um, sometimes you've sometimes you've got to take the loss. If you're if you're a pro-Euro person and the Brexiteers win the vote, you take the loss and you keep it moving. Um, if you're if you're anti if you're uh, and if you're pro europe and you're anti-Brexit and if you win, the Brexiteers take the loss. You keep it moving. You can't try and please everyone because you end up pleasing no one.
0: Which which now by the way there's a new term that's been introduced into the lexicon. What's it called? Brino. <laughs> Brexit in name only.
1: Ah. <laughs> All right. Moving on. So, okay. So, okay. Where are we going? Uh, the calorie count. We can,
0: uh, yeah, we can. Yeah, we can do this because this is this is talk about a mountain out of a molehill. So there is, so there's a, obviously people will be aware that nowadays you have to, in, in like high big chains such as McDonald's, Weatherspoon, they're mentioned on here, but <clears throat> all big food chains, they will now tell you the amount of calories which are in what you're consuming, right? Now, now people have come out and said, but so the Department of Health wants to make it a legal requirement for all. Um, companies, so even small independent cafes and restaurants would, would have to do it. So the, the basically, the Chief Secretary of the Treasury has said that this would burden on 26,000 small businesses and could lead to job cuts. Oh, hold on, love. Sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> so basically, what she said is, estimates that working out the precise calorie count of individual dishes could cost up to £500. Well, no, not really, because let's just be clear, when I go into... Boots or anywhere. When I pick up a a sandwich from Tesco's, the calorie count is the same on every pack. The contents are not exactly the same. So we all know there's a plus minus variance that goes on here, right? Mm. I don't know what the plus minus variance of the guidelines should be, but nonetheless, we know it is. Every McDonald's burger, yes, it's churned out from the same meat grinder, but they're all, the cheese might be melted a bit more, the cheese might be thicker, Mm. somebody might put on more sauce. So again, there is a variance. Nobody is asking you to do this exactly down to the T, right? So for me, this would be a one-off exercise of understanding what is in your meals, and if you don't understand what is in your meals, then I'd be even more worried about what you're actually doing to cook them. I guess with the small cafes, it might be difficult because some person probably puts half a can of bloody oil in the fryer and somebody puts like a little himmy. But this is like a one time off exercise yeah. for you to then update it. Nobody's saying that you need to make the food and then say, oh yeah, in this in this full breakfast you're having 678 calories so how response coming out of this i mean I, I think and and what is it and we come back to the same thing it's all about obesity shaming how is it about obesity shaming it, it's the calories that are in what you eat and i would argue if you look at something and say right when i look at having a domino's pizza and then i look at it and go geez 190 calories or whatever per slice i'm about to eat two and a half thousand calories that is the way, the point, and don't be wrong. I can get away with it because I exercise, right? But that's at the point in time where I go, geez, Ben, you've done your working out today. You can get away with this, but you could save yourself from those two and a half thousand calories, right?" I think it's a good reminder to have on things.
1: But the government's way of dealing with obesity is to ban things. So they ban. So they've made it harder to buy caffeine, um, caffeine drinks. They made they've reduced the sugars in, and coffee and stuff, but. Might wouldn't, wouldn't an easy way to solve child obesity is to make more playing grounds so children can go outside and play safe without feeling without, without the risk of anything happening to them or have um, or promote um, activities in schools for people so kids feel more obliged to go out and be more active because the reason why people get obese is not is it is because of diet but it's partially because of diet but partially because a lot of kids are, are fat and lazy to sit in front of YouTube and their phones all day instead of going out and getting being active it's it's I don't understand how, why they can't, so I get why, also London 12, London 12, the whole thing with Olympics is to create Olympic parks and all that stuff, but you also have to go out and push it so kids go out and become more active, and, um, yeah. Yeah, but we've spoke about this before, right, because that would be a fix for
0: both, um, the current challenges that you've got around, around crime on the streets, we've spoke about this before, so... I think there are two two sides to that and and one of these is slightly out of the government's control because the nature of kids nowadays and I'm, and I'm speaking as a reformed fat kid who <laughs> basically what I used to go we used to go but back in the day when we used to go to school right you, I remember my life was even when I was fat it was mainly because if I played sports I, I did the static role of being in goal okay. in fact I was the renowned fat goalie who was able to fly through the sky which <laughs> you shouldn't be able to do it my size but it would be like right let's go home let's Literally get changed, you were a kid like, you didn't worry about getting in the shower. You, yeah. you were like, let's get changed. Mom, go in the-. so you get home at like half, you get half you half half finish three. at like quarter past three, so yeah. like half three, quarter to four. Mom, go into the park, okay. Dinner's at half five, be back at yeah. half five. Yeah. In the summer, get you go back out six until half eight, nine. Yeah. As you got older, you could be different. Go to the park, kick ball, come back school next day. Yeah. And then even as I started to grow up, that changed from uh, maybe a couple of days a week, I'll come to yours and we'll play the computer yeah. in it. Nowadays, it's completely different because one kids can play, instead of having to go to a friend's house to play multiplayer, you just join up online, yeah. right? Now, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I mean, look, if you want to improve your skills, you can use that as a moneymaker thing mm-hmm. nowadays, right? People mm-hmm. can go on Twitch and make like a half a million pounds a month. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't have anything against that. But I do think, yeah, we need to try and entice people, kids, out to exercise more and just have the good balance. Mm. But also, this goes for this goes, This goes past just kids as well, right? Because I mean, some of these somebody argues on this, yeah, calories aren't uh, don't exactly equate to the amount of fat you have in your meal. No, they don't. But if you're having a two thousand calorie meal versus, okay, that's a that's an extreme example because not not everybody eats whole pizzas, but if you're having a nine hundred calorie one versus, yeah, we can get away with it, right? We because work we work out. <laughs> but if you're having a 900-calorie one versus a 500-calorie one, then even if that means to you, hmm, let me just question that. And you might say, oh, look, well, I know because I've got my avocado and my nuts in there, that's increasing my healthy fats, right? I'm pretty sure that the people who are eating some of these meals who are obese, right, are not eating those. They're, they're having baked beans and, and they have put on here. The bloody, when they go to the cafe, they go into the standard cafe. I'll just have my full English every day. So... I just think that if either we want to tackle obesity or we don't, and if we do, then we have to move away from this idea of obesity shaming and saying, well, actually, we want to tackle obesity because it's a bad thing, but actually what we're saying is we don't want to be too sensitive to people who are obese. Well, you, what do you mean? Yeah, no. if, if If you want me to fix my ways, then the best way to do it, go about it is to make it not brutal, but put me to account to actually make a change, right? Not dance around it. If you're, I remember when... <laughs> And I will, I will swear on this bit only because I'm really. But on David uh, Goggins' interview, where he does with Joe Rogan, I think it is, he goes, if somebody tells you you're dumb, you may just be fucking dumb. Yeah, sure. If somebody tells you you're fat, you may just be, be fucking fat. fat. Yeah. And you just have to deal with it, right? Yeah. But that's better than skirting around the idea of, oh, you look like you've had a little bit of... Have you, put, have you lost a bit of weight when you clearly haven't? Um, <laughs> it just feels to me like just dancing around the idea for no reason, which... Bring on to a topic, which I didn't include in here. Okay. Um, but you'll be aware of it because it popped up in our group. Is
1: the the Cosmo? I uh, was, um was, Tess, what's her name? Tess Holliday? I can't remember what her name is. Uh, it's Cosmo. We've, we've I think you, I think you've just got it right.
0: Yeah, it, it is Tess Holliday. Tess Holliday? Yeah.
1: Yeah, so Tess Holliday is a plus size American model. She's five foot, She five, five foot two? Five foot two and she's 300 pounds. So she's at one, one meter sixty, so... Um, she's five got £200-£300. Cosmo put her on her front pages and came back with a lot of backlash. Um, I see both well, well, sides of this.
0: I, I do see. Uh, do you know who I think actually kind of... For me, the person who handled this the worst was the actual um, editor for Cosmo oh so she was
1: interviewed by Piers Morgan
0: yeah because I felt that there was ways for, because basically what she was saying what Piers Morgan is saying is we shouldn't be
1: promoting it promoting
0: that size and to be honest this girl was really big that's she's good. 300
1: pounds yeah. that,
0: that 300 pounds for that height so, and that yeah. size, that's not that, that's not healthy it's right? not healthy at all but and, and I think what Cosmo were trying to say is, is there are different girls of different size. I don't think they're trying to endorse obesity here. What they were trying to say is there are different girls of different sizes and you should be comfortable in your body. Yeah. They're not, and, and that's not to say that they're not saying that obesity has is, is got health issues to it. They're saying you should be comfortable in your yes, body and yeah. you shouldn't be body shamed, right? Which, fine, I, I, I get because what I'm saying is if somebody needs to lose weight and they want to lose weight, I would rather somebody comes to me and says, "You're fat, lose weight right?" Yeah. But there are some people who are happy being how they are, but when she was questioned about her, I think she just she tried to be too too overly defensive. I, I, I'm trying to get my... Uh, I don't know how the best way to describe it, but she didn't come across as putting that point across, that every woman's entitled to be what it is. She, she kind of more pushed the point of, if you want to be overweight, that's up to you, rather than, I felt, if you just positioned it more from be comfortable in your own body, that was an easy way to palm off Piers Morgan, who is going to dig at any small hole that you give him, right?
1: Yeah. I've, I, I agree people should be comfortable in their own body, but I also believe that people shouldn't try and duck from what... Like, if you're fat, you're fat. If you're, if you're skinny, you're skinny. It's not. I think the word fat sometimes has a it's got it's got a derogatory term. It's derogatory term. But if you're overweight, you're overweight. My thing is, I don't want us to make obesity normal, and, and I think it's dangerous when we when we start. To, I do believe you, if you're plus size and you're comfortable in plus size, it's okay. But if you're morbidly obese and I don't know. I don't know. That's, and this is, this is why... But she's five foot two. she's 300 pounds. That is not healthy.
0: That's not healthy, but at the same time, Cosmo readers, will, there will be women of all shapes and sizes we as matter. Cosmo readers. Yeah. And, and uh, this, to me, didn't come across as... Because I could argue the same thing, right? If you've got somebody who is basically border on anorexic... Nobody has an issue with that. I mean, we kind of changed that a couple of years ago yeah. where they said, yeah, you should embrace curvy models more. Yeah. But we haven't moved fully away from that, right? And I'll see some women who are so skinny. Like, I'll be honest, skinny women scare me. Yeah. Like, skinny, skinny, <laughs> skinny women yeah. scare me. I see them like, oh my God, you're so skinny that you look like you're malnourished, yeah. right? That's not that's not cool because that's not healthy either. Yeah. So, But I didn't feel like this was glorifying obesity. No. I just felt like this gave a balance to a, a, a magazine that has continually got... Women of the same shape on first plus
1: size plus size model they had.
0: And this is what I mean. So this is why I'm like when Piers Morgan's coming out, I'm like they're not glorifying it. There's no headlines in there that says "stop being thin, become fat." They don't, so they're not. And this is why I was like, the producer could have just come back and said, "Actually, we're aware that women of all shapes and sizes read our magazines. We're not, we're not endorsing being fat and overweight as much as we're not endorsing being super skinny." Right? Yeah. We have a multitude of readerships for, amongst women okay. from different kind of body types, and we therefore believe that our headline, our front pages, should be representative yeah. of that that seems like an easy statement to get out of this and then because the thing is piers morgan again in trying to make a point where he has some position to it in his arrogant self has just made it and he set himself up for a fool right because you know in today's world that you're going to get absolutely drilled down so I, I do agree that we shouldn't glorify obesity, but i don't think that they are either i just mm. didn't think that they were in this um, and if, if somebody wants to be again if you want to lose weight and you're fat and somebody tells you you're fat, then then that's a good thing because you're saying you want to lose weight. If you don't want to lose weight and you accept that there may be some health benefits that are hit by that, then it is what it is. Same thing with people who go out on the town binge drinking all the time, right? That's not mm. healthy for you, but people don't mind that. It's just all... I, I just thought that this was, yeah, poorly handled by the couple of people in there. I think the interaction could have been better handled by people who maybe are a bit fixed. But in fairness you've got to be a pretty experienced debater to go in with Piers Morgan, otherwise he'd pick you apart. Yeah,
1: yeah. All right, so um, the final stories is from this n- the normal news. Uh, so there's been some updates on the Novichok attack in, in Britain, which happened in Salisbury, and the agents na- have been named. They they look typical Russian. Yeah, I, know, I, know, I, know, I noticed that, I noticed <laughs> that.
0: They were the typical Russian names as well. Yeah. Alexander Petrov and Ruslan Bosarov.
1: Yeah, so they look pretty... Uh, did you
0: see what I posted this morning did you get time to check that
1: no I saw it at the bo- I've seen it at the bottom this so,
0: so basically uh, it's come out so, so the pictures came out from this earlier on in the week and basically the police released the uh, CCTV of the two men the, they apparently snuck the Novichok in in a perfume bottle. Okay. They sprayed it. Some of this still doesn't read well to me. So they sprayed it on a door handle. They've taken it everywhere they've taken it. And, nobody, and there's always the continued point of there's no risk to public safety here, right? But then we get people in different areas who are hit by it. Apparently, the woman who died from this picked up the perfume out of the bin, the bin and sprayed it on herself. And that's how she got infected okay. by it. I'm like... I'm still not inclined to think that something that has been carried out with such precision, they were just going to do away with it in a random bin, uh. which wasn't that far away from the original um, location. But then what's come out is, and this to me feels like Russia have, I, I think, well, I don't know. Basically, they've got a picture of the two of them walking through the security at, with exactly the same timestamp. Mm. And I'm gonna say exactly the same, to the second. Now... You could, I mean, arguably, I think these are the, the security things at Gatwick are next to each other. Yeah, okay. So arguably it is possible to do this, but they're basically at the same part of the ward at the very same second in time. Yeah. Um, and so people are questioning, well, well, how can they all be in the same place at the same time? Now, I feel like this, I, my, my gut feeling is that somebody may be on the Russian side of this has now doctored the image with the same top, because it's very easy to put it Photoshop, in a yeah, But now, because, and then released it onto the web, because as soon as you release it onto the web, the conspiracy theories come out, right? Yeah. And it makes the UK investigation just look completely flawed. Yeah, it's true. Um, so this seems to be, in a response to something, legi- I mean, some progress seeming to be made. Again, from the UK, they basically said, well, I think they put a, an arrest warrant out for him in the EU, just in case they fly anywhere there. They're not expecting them to come back into the UK. Um, my view is, you're not gonna see these two again anyway. So half of me feels like they felt they needed to come up with something, and they've come up with something that says, we know the two people, but we'll never find them. Put the put the matter to rest. Um, and then obviously you've got, it feels like, I mean they put Sergei Skripal in the Russian disinformation game, and it does feel like that. Like you've just got Russia versus the UK now in, can damage each other's integrity the most.
1: But I think the UK's winning because the UK's, it's been agreed, rest, the rest of the other countries have come out and supported the UK and agreeing that the, the Salisbury attack was agreed by Russia, so you've had France come out and support in, um, the UK you've got other countries in Europe that have come out and supported the UK so...
0: I feel like it's a cosmetic agreement though, yeah. because nobody really wants to piss off Adam of Putin in that much. It's crazy that the guy's just got that much power that people will come out and in words, they will go against him, but in actions, they never really will. Because yeah. there's always a fear of, and even now, when, when the UK are p- pushing the EU to put more sanctions on Russia, they're kind of hesitant. They're like, we're happy to kind of piss him off, but we don't want to completely piss him off. Because majority, we don't bad. want to bring, bring poison into our shores, Yeah, so. but
1: also the majority of the um, European gas is, is supplied by Russia. So. Well,
0: that's the, that's the other in putting into the matter, right, is that Russia then provides a lot of funding to... It's
1: just a whole sticky web, right? All right, moving on to technology. So this week's been a bit, a bit, a, a bit of an active, uh, technology and business. Well, this week's been a bit of an active week in technology. So this week, Elon Musk appeared on the, rog- on. On, the, on the Joe Rogan podcast. The Joe Rogan podcast is probably the number one podcast in the world. But it was a bit surprising to see Elon Musk on there. And um, as as expected, Joe Rogan kind of fanboyed out because you got you got Elon Musk there. You've got the I think this was a festival. major coup, though. I was just, I, was yeah. it. I mean, I know there was no one right? trending, it was no one trending on it on YouTube for for the whole week. So, um, did he tell people that this was coming as well? I no, think he did. he Didn't tell people it was coming. So no, I think he did. I think he did.
0: Sometimes he alludes to it because yeah. there's somebody else that he alluded to getting on in a cover, one of the shows. Who seemed like I think it was a uh, some some politician. Yeah, but nowadays, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's so very rare to that.
1: see someone like Elon Musk having and um, doing a long form um, interview. So normally you see Elon Musk on interviews like ten minutes, twenty minutes, thirty minutes interviews. They're not they're not that long, they're not that detailed. This de- this interview was quite detailed. It, it varied from different topics, from from AI to his underground network that. I didn't even know that they let him build so he went to my he went to LA and he said okay can I build a tunnel and they let him build a tunnel um, he, talked he just
0: about does st- the thing I noticed mate, he just does stuff though yeah like he's just always doing stuff even the flamethrower that he came up with what that company was it even boring.com or yeah. the boring company boring it? company yeah we just make hats yeah. and then we'll make a flamethrower and the bit do you remember when he was talking about the, the Tesla can
1: dance no. Oh, no you, you so, heard as far as that right I, yeah <laughs> mate there's too much things there I probably, okay. I probably missed it Guys, so this is what we're saying so he's basically saying... So he's
0: like, the tester could do a whole load of shit that people don't know it can do. Oh, but can he, can he dance with the lights as well? He, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but all of these things are little things that people... That people don't know. He's like, it's the most fun car. That's he's, he's some, car. Some it's so many Easter eggs, yeah, and, and nobody knows about them. Yeah. Some, <laughs>
1: there's so many Easter eggs in the car. Uh, <laughs> I just got a bit frustrated. I told you before, the way, he's, the way he talks. He talks in... Um, he literally talks like this. And he then... Pauses. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I've just got a little bit frustrated with it, but he's got his
0: accent to add. But as I said to you, I think it's just because he is just he is just an he's just an engineer who manages businesses, right? That he does stuff. This is like I said, he's like he's like Tony Stark without the charisma. Like, and uh, I I found his take on AI quite intriguing because the thing is, then when he actually in in some of the points, depending on where they go, because Joe will jump all around, but when he starts to go into certain points, you're like. He's talking, and, and even I, I was struggling to keep up with him at, at some point. When he started going into the AI and tying into the Singularity. But I did think that his, his take on AI was, because it wasn't as negative as he said before. He said it might not be negative, it might, it might not be, it I might think be it's positive, bolding. it might be negative. Yeah. Um, he's, but we definitely won't be able to control it. Um, and I did like his idea of being able to tie into it um, from a neurotic point of view to give yourself additional mind capacity. I was like, because uh, imagine that. Imagine being able to tie your mind in with an AI to increase your mental capacity by like a thousand. And imagine just, because he talks about all of society, right? but imagine just a hundred people in the yeah. world. done it? It Imagine same. how far that would jump forward people's ability to further create and innovate.
1: It's all about Be um, crazy. Down, down, downloading your downloading your I don't know how it works. Because You probably don't even know what the consciousness is. But no, then- but
0: he was talking about a step before that because Joe then said, what, are you talking about downloading yourself into a machine? But he's not doing... Because basically he made the point of at the moment... At the moment, you ask me a question, right? I can check up on the answer on my phone now yeah. within seconds. But the problem is the bandwidth. Is The bandwidth challenge is I need to have the bandwidth to take what you're saying to me and go into my phone and type it in and get around them, right? So it's slow. The bandwidth is, is, is a small amount. But if you can... Solve the bandwidth problem directly tying your mind to that AI source, then I no longer have to go through the actions of doing it. I can think something and have access to it immediately. So it's not necessarily the downloading of your conscious, it's the tying of your conscious into that AI. The
1: only only scary thing about that is the back door. So the other way. So the way we can get information from the AI without by um, well, eliminating or making the bandwidth more smoother, so you don't, you, don't need the f- you don't need the phone, it, you, you just you'd have, you'd have um, direct inter- interaction with it. How do you stop it going the opposite way? How do you stop things coming into your brain without your control? It's that type of... That type of well, thing. yeah, but
0: this is the point, right? He said, but this is the point he's making, is whether it's negative or positive, you for that, sure won't be able to control it. Yeah. And this is what he's saying, and, and I think that's part of what he's trying to do with the neurobrain, thing that he's uh, sorry neurobrain thing that he's trying to create um but uh, of course on top of this whilst on the show so he picks up something on the table and joe's like yeah i got this in mexico like i thought it'd be cool to like hold some blunts in but you can only really put one blunt in there and then joe joe created the trap (laughs) took the blunt that he put in there and then lit up and it's quite late in the show by this point as well then lit up then asked elon about it because People have kind of questioned his, his substance use and suggested that maybe he smokes weed. He's like, no, nah, I've never I've never done it before. I don't he, he went from he'd never had a blunt before to he doesn't really smoke weed too often. And and to be honest, I would be inclined to think I wouldn't question that because he he says on this he says it's not I don't think that it's good for productivity. Yeah. And I would have to argue this. I could not understand how somebody who does everything that he does could be smoking weed regularly anyway. Don't think
1: he'd be honest at all. <laughs>
0: That could that could be a possibility, um, but I think even if he had that, I think he'd go into overdrive and explode. Mm-hmm. Um, but even this, they were like they got pictures on, yeah, smoking marijuana on on a web stream. Actually, he doesn't actually take it, and he says that's legal in California, right? And Joe's like, yeah, yeah. So he takes one puff, which he does not inhale anyway. Um, it is a strange thing for a manager of a company of that size. But did you hear later on in it where he was he got a text for somebody, and Joe was like, ah, oh, is that? Uh, is that from the shareholders? And he's like, no, nah, it's a friend asking me, what are you doing smoking weed? <laughs> 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 I just want, yeah, I, I mean, I found it to be an interesting, uh, an interesting podcast, to be fair. Um, and the reason this came up is they, they tied him smoking marijuana to the dip in the, the Tesla shares. But the, the Tesla shares have been, the Tesla shares have just faced trouble ever since a few weeks ago he announced, yep, yeah, we're going to go private with it, selling them at, buying the shares at a price, which is way above the market price, Uh, then this week there was somebody else who left his management a couple of weeks ago he's also had his chief accounting officer who left who basically said he basically said he couldn't take the level of attention and the pace of it I I think basically what he said because Tesla is known for being super intense so I think it was just too much for him so the mix of all of those already had the share price tumbling and then obviously that's what was more interesting that at this moment in time he would go on a Joe Rogan podcast a long form and, and be caught smoking and weird, yeah. drinking
1: whiskey kind of during the day but I, I i enjoyed it i enjoyed it to be fair all right i'll just run through these quickly because um gotta rush, got got rush. rush so i'm gonna these together So face facebook and twitter have been of, accused of um being too slow in the meddling of uh, elections and twitter's also had um twitter's also come out and said they've made mistakes in regards to uh Banning conservatives' voices on on their platform because the people have accused them of being um, pro pro progressive and being anti conservatives and being taking a hard line on conservatives. And um, Jack Dorsey's come out and said yes, although they, although they don't agree that they've been they've gone out as single conservatives, but they, they do agree they made mistakes. Okay.
0: So Jack Dorsey, the thing is, Jack Jack Dorsey's not as well versed in this as so so. There basically was the. Basically all of the media companies were supposed to turn up to this um, interview in Congress. Google, bad optics. Google didn't turn up. Yeah. Just had an empty seat in there somebody said, Oh yeah, they're not they're clearly not taking this seriously, right? Jack Dorsey turns up and Jack Dorsey's quite awkward in and of himself and it's then got and so he and so when he was talking, he started to get he started to open up a bit more so than you've <laughs> seen other people do so in the right. past. And Cheryl Sandberg, she's been there, she knows the rules when they ask a question yeah we know we did it but nowadays they know the script they yeah. know the script when you get accused of something say you know you did wrong we're really sorry we'll do better in the future and we really need your help and we'll work with you to do it and that's the script to every one of these stories um, so yeah it was a bit of a it just feels like the same script every time they have these now um, and then obviously this week Twitter also indefinitely banned Alex Jones from the platform yep yeah. Um, it's quite interesting though, when Sheryl Sandberg was asked what uh, social media is, she came up with a rather lengthy um, response, which was pretty crappy. I and mean, she used things like it's a place where you can celebrate your birthday. No, I could do that before social media, love. <laughs> uh, and where you can go to say anything you want and promote your hobbies and business. Obviously, ironic, go and say whatever you want when actually, one, you've got the obviously high profile banning of Alex Jones, but you also have people going through it on a day to day basis getting rid of content so you can't go and say whatever you want and not, not you should be but she has to say this because mm. the moment she doesn't this is when the question of is Facebook the world's biggest publisher yeah. or just a social media platform and for me the more and more I listen to stuff the more and more you can't get away from this I was listening to a radio lab show the other day <clears throat> where they were talking about they were interviewing a couple of people who work in the, the kind of AI Officers, they call them, basically just the human reviewers of content, and they go in and literally for eight hours a day, they go in and just review content that pops up on Facebook as and to whether they it abides by the rules and they can post it. And even on here, somebody I think she worked in Venezuela. She basically said, sometimes if it just didn't sit well with me, I would I would just say that it was banned and couldn't go on there. So even then, they're working without outside the remits of the rules. So if you are, and they talked about high profile one when the Charlottesville. Uh, not the Charlottesville, um, the, uh, the Boston bombing. Okay. So they've got a, a rule that they had that said you can't have inside out shown. So basically you can't have gore where somebody's insides are shown. And there was a post that was going viral of a guy who had his insides shown. And all the news line, uh, editorials were posting this picture. But strictly by Facebook's rules, they shouldn't post it. And it went all the way up to the top and they decided, right, in their meeting, they said, no, 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 we shouldn't post the goes against the wall. Went all the way up to Zuckerberg. He said, no, we're posting this, right? So now he's broken the guidelines. But if you're going to break them once, then what does that do for you in the future? Well, then people started posting um, atrocities that were going on in Mexico because when all the news was playing in Mexico, it didn't talk about anything of shootings and deaths in the streets. So people started posting their own content of it going on. One of them was a woman being beheaded. Now, the reason that the Boston Post one was posted is because Facebook determined it to be newsworthy. Therefore, they flouted the rules, their own rules, because it was newsworthy. When it came to the woman being beheaded, they said, "No, you can't play that." But again, the person who was talking about this in their editorial team said, "But this is newsworthy stuff, and people need to know about the atrocities." Turn that
1: as being a publisher. Exactly,
0: exactly, right. So this is why Sheryl Sandberg has to carefully encrypt what she says. But I, I don't understand why they. I don't understand what, the thing is, they're getting interviewed by Congress, who are a bunch of old funny duddies, sorry to sound kind of derogatory there, who don't understand how the internet and media work, so they ask all these basic questions. Somebody should be asking that exact question there. Go and listen to Radiolab, take that exact sample, and say, when you did this, you decided to post or not post something because it was newsworthy. That, by definition, should make your publisher. Explain to me what is the difference between you and a news editorial. Yeah. Mark Zuckerberg would be at That would have him stuck for an answer.
1: All right. Amazon's market value became the second um, they became the second new um, U.S. listed for, um, firm to be worth more than a trillion dollars. So the first one was Apple, as well a couple of weeks ago, and this week um, Amazon became um, topped a trillion dollars in market value. I'm tying this story in to the story of Waterstones buying Foils. Well, the thing is, so just what we're touching in with
0: Amazon and stuff, so. Amazon took 16 days compared to Apple's 622 to go from a market value of 600 billion to 700 billion. Wow. Like, I know Apple won the, won the race, but Amazon is still the behemoth yeah. for me. The speed, at which it's just, it's crazy, man. Like, when you look at the charts of Amazon's growth, it's, it's unbelievable the efforts that he put in at the beginning to say we will we will give up pro- for go profits for long term anybody who ever questioned whether business was on the right track for that jesus um so
1: the uh, yeah, story before um, ben said that the story i mentioned before was and what's on the have um gone in into by foils foils is um a family-run um bookstore and uh and um, Waterstone's argument is to champion real bookshops um, in the face of online rivals such as Amazon. I think this is ridiculous. I think i, I think I can see the positives from it, but I also think it's stupid because of the majority of people now, when I speak to them, ask them how do they read the books. Number one thing they say to me is audio audiobooks. The, 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 or they read audiobooks or they use um, their iPads or they use their, their their Kindles or they use their phones. People are moving away from physical books.
0: This makes sense. This makes sense to me. Most people are moving away from it. I mean, look, you're looking at my bookshelf there. Um, and I bought a book this week. A fair dues I bought it off Amazon. But a lot of people, and I was listening to a podcast with Tim Ferriss. He interviewed some uh, football coach. Um, and he was saying how he goes into bookstores and still reads. Some people still like to thumb through books before okay. they read them. Now, I, I agree with you. People are moving away from it. But I think from a business perspective, this is isn't as silly as it maybe sounds because if we think that the high street book check stores are dying, then it would make sense for you to say, actually, I want to be the only chain on there. So although it's a smaller market, we're the only place where people can go. And Waterstones have online it's irrelevant because it's never going to be as good as Amazon's, yeah. right? And you can download stuff to like their Kindle and stuff. Also, and it, they're, yeah, they're, can, they're quite expensive. And you can have... Well, yeah, exactly that as well. But you can have the kind of sit in there and cafe experience. And some people like that. Some people yeah. don't want to go on and see the reviews from Amazon. They want to go in there and read a few pages. I mean, on Kindle, you can kind of do your your early... Sample. Kind of sample, but yeah. that's pretty crap as well. In a pickup book, you can still read So it's a small... I, I, I think I, I think it's a shrinking um, volume of people who read physical books and behave like that. But again for me if, if you're thinking that the industry and the high street book chains are going to die, I would say actually, yeah, let's just make sure we're the only bookstores that are going on the street. So yeah, I can kind of I, I kind of get it. They're never gonna be they're never gonna be Amazon, but you might as well be the, the best in the shrinking market rather than trying to take on a behemoth.
1: Alright, cool. I'm gonna wrap this up um by asking you a question. What are you reading this week? Cause I've been reading something this week. I think I've um, I picked I got a, a book for the first time in a long time. I'm currently reading *The Righteous Mind*: Why Good People Are Divided um, by Religion and Politics. I was I, gonna th- I was going to get this Jonathan Haidt. Yeah,
0: yeah I was going to I was going to
1: get this actually. It's really a really good book. I'm okay. really yeah, enjoying I'm it. I'm, I'm like I'm halfway through, and normally I I'm quite slow when I read books, but I'm halfway through. Um, I got a book on. Tuesday, I'm halfway through it. It's a really good book. Better probably read that in a day. Um, it just tests my view on morality. I always thought morality is man-made, but some things... So my justification for homosexuality is that if it's between two consenting adults, I have no issue with it. If it's two consenting adults, people should be like allowed to do whatever they want to do. But then how do I justify incest? Because if incest is... To, if there's brother and sisters, and they're both over legal age, and they're both consenting, what's the moral Although it makes me feel uncomfortable, what's the moral um, reason for not doing it? Well, people say, well, if they have babies, the babies come out deformed. But if they use condoms, what's the moral, what's the moral justification for it? there is no moral, um, there's no reason for why they can't do it because they're both consenting. It makes me feel uncomfortable, but if I, if I base it on the same argument I use for homosexuality. I can't. I can't. That that is well. What you're saying there is an extreme libertarian. Yeah. Um, position, right?
0: Yeah. To, to the extreme, and I get. I, yeah, it's an interesting. It's an interesting dilemma.
1: Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, um, it's, it's 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 pushing my way of thinking, and also it's it's it's, it's also the um, we think that our morality is based on rationale. It really is a lot of it's instinctive. Uh, a lot of things is stuff that we don't realise. So something makes us feel uncomfortable, and and we base our morals on instant think on instant interactions. And we and we a lot of times we believe that our morals are, uh, are usually from x x um what's the word, outside environment influences our morals more than our our own natural instincts. But um, based on some of the some of the chapters in the book, he kind of proves that. A lot of it is instinctive, a lot of it is we a lot of it is our instinctive brain, a lot of it's like like from children and stuff and how they base more what, what what's right and wrong. A lot of it's instinctive and it's not their environment does influence it a little bit, not as much as we thought it did. Um, I'm quite enjoying that book. What are you reading?
0: I might try that. Actually I've got Benjamin Franklin's book by War Isaacson I wanna read as well, okay. so I'm gonna download that next. Um, justice, what's the right thing to do by Michael J. Sandler. I think it was one of their sales ones of the week because I'd used right. my tokens within like two days ago. Um, that was quite interesting. It, it's, it's kind of something a bit similar to that. It, it deals with the moralities of the justice. Well, not just the justice. For me, it could have been called morality. They've called it justice, but there are things that they jump between. So they they reference on the rights of of homosexuals to get married or or to not get married. They reference on people. I think they use an example of people who, one of the examples they start with is somebody getting a purple star before you weren't able to get the purple star from a military perspective unless you were physically injured. If you were psychologically injured, people didn't give away the purple star because like soldiers shouldn't be psychologically hampered right so and it's so all along the course of the book all goes from decision points and the moral perspectives for one reason uh to stay on one side of the fence or or the other side so again it 's called justice it, it very much debates on morality throughout the course of it so that's the only book that i've read i've pretty much 've spent a lot of this week digesting different podcasts, podcasts. I've listened to a lot of radio Lab ones I just kind of dug into some of the more. Interested in topics. I've caught up on some James Altiger ones, which I've missed for a while. I've caught up on some Tim Ferriss ones. Um, Sam didn't have one out this week. I no. had to go for all the new more, normal news ones. Radio Lab, again, is, is this, I listen to Sean Carroll's MyScape quite a lot now. Um, yeah, I've just been trying to, I've just kind of fallen back into full on consumption mode. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and it's going to happen more because when I'm time, so it's more. Well, it always no, happens. No, I right? no, just always more Right, and if I get one,
0: one uh, somebody said to me um, before, if you had a, if you could ask three wishes from a genie, what would you ask for? Um, one thing I said, right, I'd have. I think I said. 10 million pounds because it's enough for me to quit what I'm doing and start up a business endeavor but not so much that I would lose being comfortable two and three was an infinite library what I mean is that by like a library which obviously you can only have so much space but the books would just be there they could just infinitely and the ability to read it like Fifty times speed. <laughs> if I had, if I had all of those, like I'd be like in bliss.
1: <laughs> it's like the Matrix, the guns just come in, yeah. you know, the books just come
0: in. Like, oh, that would be dope, man. <laughs> and you could just go teach me this now yeah. and download. See, see, if AI can allow us to do that, that be dope. I
1: the Matrix. <laughs> all right, guys. Um, that's that's and the show it's episode 40 like always go out and um, share with your friends tell your friends all about us and rate and subscribe rate and subscribe to the podcast yeah you can find us on
0: i always post these on facebook so if you want to share the page or like or follow it and be much appreciated obviously rate us on the the podcast apps we'll start posting a bit more when i adding some kind of clips throughout the week on instagram as well if you want to share that obviously and can help our following then be much appreciated And as ever as we sign out, um, we hope you have a great week. And it's lights out from me.
1: And lights out from me.
0: Peace.